Hello everyone. How you doing? Life sucks, doesn't it? It sucks, but it's also pretty funny. Always entertaining. There's always a lot going on. You can always count on that. <laughs> it's never a dull moment when you live as a human being on planet Earth. Um, no, I mean, I have a good sense of humor about things as much as like the last week and a half or so has been wretched in a lot of ways. I'm hanging in there. I realized that uh, amidst all the studio chaos, if you're new to this show, I'm sorry, because you don't know what I'm talking about, but let me make this quick. I didn't cry one time. Isn't that impressive? I'm pretty happy about that part of the whole thing. Anyway, hi guys. It's me reading stuff. I'm Robin O'Neill. This is a podcast that is basically just me talking to you guys, asking you questions, saying some things about my life, and I drop in something I've read either that week or in the past that I really, really like, that makes my body feel different when I read it. And that's how it goes. That's all it is. I'm a visual artist. I have no credentials to be doing um, a podcast about literature or poetry, but I do it anyway, because I don't give a fuck. Uh, Last week, I told you guys about uh, the movie nights I was giving to myself, which got sidetracked a bit, or derailed, I should say, due to the intensity of my uh, situation I was going through last week, but... I did watch Night of the Iguana, starring, is it Richard Burton and uh, that hot lady? What's her name? Oh, God. I should have prepared more for this. A hot lady. And then the great actor, Grayson Hall, who is such a standout in that movie. She got, I think she got an Academy Award for it. And there's this opening scene that is this... Uh, not a priest, maybe a reverend or something, some sort of man of the cloth uh, in front of his congregation on a Sunday service. And he just loses his shit like a maniac. He goes maniacal and yells and chases every single congregation member out of the church. And it was such an awesome opening scene that it really made me jealous to have never seen anything like that in real life. And it reminded me how this might sound horrible of me and it, it, I'm not gonna, I don't think it's horrible. I don't know what it is, but I'm one of my the biggest dreams of my life. Something that I think I will not feel complete in this lifetime if I don't get to experience this is that I've always wanted to attend a wedding in which one of the people who are about to get married doesn't show up. And there's this weird moment where somebody comes to the front and tells everybody who who is awaiting the ceremony, you know, they say something awkward where you really realize, okay, so-and-so didn't even show up. Oh my God, I want to be, and then I want there to be, like they have the reception anyway and everyone just goes crazy and has fun anyway and, you know, wonders what happened. I know that would be, I mean, when I say it now, I realize it really is horrible, But ever since I was a kid and I would see things like that on TV, I was like, oh God, I want to live that. I want to experience that. There's something so raw and unbelievable about it and like full jam packed full of human emotions and embarrassment and almost excitement because no matter what, if someone is like darting out of their own wedding, I also have to say that person is probably doing the right thing for themselves. Is it bad timing? Yeah, it's really bad timing. But 
it's also just life. This, this kind of shit happens. Uh, have any of you guys ever experienced that? If so, I, I do need to hear all about it. Send me an audio letter to info at robinoneal.com. You guys can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, which I really don't look at, to be honest with you. I need, I'd like to start, but I just don't. And I am on those at the handle at Robin, with a Y, underscore O-N-E-I-L. I also have a correction from last week. I believe I said last week that I have been doing, did I already, well, anyway, I, I believe that I said I have been doing this podcast for almost six years, but it's actually been six years. It's been almost seven years. So my apologies for messing that up. Now, I have been recording throughout the week, so I'm going to now include those mini recordings so you'll get an update on what's been going on here, particularly if you're following the drama of my, my huge drawing being ruined by mysterious substances that look like baking powder. So uh, you'll get to hear all about that, and then I'll do another quick update on what's happened as of today, and then we're going to read a little something to you and get the hell out of here. Uh, all right, you guys, I hope you're doing well. I think about you guys a lot. I hope you're, you know, satisfied in life right now. I hope you're getting enough rest. I hope a coworker just brought you some coffee. I hope your lunches are pre-packed and have so many grapes in them. <laughs> I do wish I had coworkers to bring me food. Every time I see it on TV, I just, you know, where somebody comes in with one of those big bags from some restaurant and then passes everything out at a table for everybody. Oh my God, I would do anything to do that. The only times I've gotten to experience that are when I go to residencies and there's like, a, I don't know, some moment where everybody is eating the same food for a certain kind of lunch. I'm so into that. And when they ask you like, okay, what do you want? Here are the list of things that you can pick from. Do you want a turkey sandwich? Do you want a roast beef sandwich or a veggie sandwich? And you get to like either click it off yourself or somebody's writing it down. That makes me feel so special. I realize that's a lot of people's daily lives maybe. I don't know. Um, all right, back to the matter at hand. Stay tuned. All right, you guys, it's Saturday night. Um, I just thought, why don't, why don't I just let you into my studio? Let's follow this process of the turmoil I put myself through in order to make these large drawings. P.S. I'm not sure I'll ever do this again. I think this could be my swan song and my goodbye because this is too much for me. This is just... The amount of shit that goes on when I try to make a large drawing is just out, it's just outrageous. And now I've added in, it was hard enough when it was just a mechanical pencil and a piece of paper. And now it's all sorts of chemicals reacting to each other and God knows what, drying times, humidity, dryness of the studio. I don't know. So anyway, I have turned into an art conservator, done my best, best. I just called, be I just said best. Without the T. I've, that's the new way to say it. That's, that's, I'm claiming that as my own invention. Um, I did my best to, to fix it, to make it look more natural. I don't think anybody will notice it anymore. Uh, uh, like um, an art conser conservator or registrar might notice that there's slight 
there's something slightly different about those areas, but, and I kind of wish I wasn't saying all of this because now anybody who sees this piece will look for these things, but if you listen to this podcast, but whatever. I think that now I'm just focused on those areas only. So I see it. It's like, it might as well be neon pink polka dots all over those parts at this point. You know, that's just how your brain acclimates to something like that when you've been, I mean, I've already been staring at this thing so much for so long and now this, but anyway, long story short, I could get into it with any painting nerd who would like to talk to me about this. Um, Actually, I don't even know if I would. It's so exhausting and annoying to me. This is why I don't paint, by the way. So, you know what? Correction, on last week's podcast, I mentioned, somebody asked me the question about, do I ever miss painting? And I kind of gave a yes and no answer. At this, right now, I can state for a fact, I don't miss it at all. And I forgot the reasons I hated painting. And they are these that have come up. Like, there's such a simplicity in drawing with pencil. It's so beautiful. I mean, it's not, not, I mean, it is beautiful. Graphite on paper is beautiful. But the simplicity of me being able to go to just the office supply store, buy my pencil, and then get a piece of paper from anywhere on earth and draw I can't tell you how much that means to me. It really isn't just like a whatever. That's just kind of what I do. I really, really have a lot of feeling behind that. And then you get into this world of all sorts of different mediums and um, things, ingredients, and there's lab technicians formulating it and all of this. And I'm just like, it just doesn't appeal to me. It, you know, it just doesn't. I never was into anything that was a, about anything technical. It's just not interesting to me. I was never good at understanding photography for those reasons. What else? I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know. I haven't really tried anything. I mean, even sculpture, like the amount of shit that you need to make awesome sculptures. I mean, maybe... Some people out there have made sculptures with almost nothing, but I'm thinking of like Louise Nevelson and how amazing those sculptures are. But what it takes to make something like that and the amount of money and material. So anyway, all this to say <laughs> that over the past few days, I've done all of these tests on all these other ways that I can solve this issue further into the drawing. So I had only put the matte medium on the top half and then I was going to do the rest the next day. But that was the day I walked in here and it was splotched with what looked like baking powder mixed in with gel medium. So I'm just like, all right, I'm going to try the gloss mediums because, well, see now I'm getting, because matte mediums have this silica stuff in it, powder in it to give it the matte quality. So I'm like, all right, I'll move it to gloss. So I got all these different gloss mediums and tested it out on a big test that I made with tons of graphite on it, looking kind of like the waves. And the gloss made it look horrible, like embarrassingly. Thank God I did a test (laughs) because I was going to do the gloss over everything, but like on top of the part that messed up and all this other stuff, but that's not happening. Which means the only way to make this piece look good from top to bottom is to now 
use more of the same stuff that caused the issue on the rest of the drawing. And I got very lucky because if you haven't seen the drawing, it's um, basically just wave upon wave upon wave upon wave with men's heads bobbing in and out of it. And sometimes it's just the men's hair from the side or back, and other times you see their faces. And somehow I got so lucky where all the parts where this white powder problem happened were in areas that could be, you know, they weren't on any of the men's faces or hairs. Any of the delicately drawn recognizable imagery um, of heads, faces, eyes, eyebrows, noses, those didn't get affected somehow. And if they had, there would have been no, there's, there is no way to fix it. So like truly no way to fix it. I mean, aside from some extreme things I've thought of, but that would take months and months. So I'm just saying, so now I am about to embark on brushing this shit all over the bottom of the drawing and seeing if we get this problem on this half too, because I just won't know until tomorrow. And I'm terrified, (laughs) just absolutely terrified. I feel like this is Russian roulette or like somebody gave me skydiving equipment and the parachute. And like one of them has a working parachute and the other one has one that fails. And like, I'm that risky right now where I'm like, and you have to choose one. It's like, they're both behind the guy's back and he's mixed them up. And now you choose and I'm choosing And then I'm jumping, and we're going to see what happens. So this is my audio version of jumping off of that plane. (sighs) I hate this. When I say I hate my life, I don't mean my life as a whole, but I do hate my life as an artist. I really, truly do. It's just a joke. It's just ridiculous. Like Why, why, why do I put myself through this stuff? If you have any answers, let me know. All right. I love you guys. God bless you. God bless me. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You guys, I was just getting done in the studio tonight. And all day long, I've been not annoyed, but just confused by the sound of a lawnmower somewhere in the neighborhood. I I just heard it all day from beginning to end. And I'm like, and it seemed to be coming from this. At first, I kind of thought I heard several lawnmowers. I wasn't sure, but I definitely heard someone mowing all day. And at a certain point tonight, I realized it's still going on. And it was 11 p.m. and then midnight. And I was really bothered at that point. I'm like, why are you fucking still mowing? Get over it, guys. And then I realized that it was my fan in my studio. That sounds just like a distant lawnmower. Um, And I felt really dumb. So anyway, I did finish painting on the problematic matte medium and never has there seemed like a better time to stay up and watch paint dry. I feel, I also feel like I'm hiring myself as my own assistant a little bit right now, like, (laughs) because I, I, it's hard to explain except that I really, really desperately needed time off. And I was so excited for Saturday at 6 p.m. to leave the studio and start my relaxation and have Sunday off. I'm making chili tomorrow. I just couldn't wait. And then I had to stay up all night because I have to get this done. And 
So I almost felt like I sent myself to, to work. Like I'm two people and the assistant is the one who's doing all of this. Not real Robin, not me. Um, because I don't do that anymore. I don't stay up late in the studio. I go to bed on time. At, meanwhile, it's 1 a.m. right now. And I am going to take a bath and then I'm going to peek at it one more time before I try to go to sleep. But it's going to be real hard to sleep tonight, not knowing if this drawing is about to be further ruined. And this is not everything because you know, this is the bottom half of what I can work on. But there's so much more underneath that on this drawing um, that's rolled up like the, you know, I, I've explained to you guys, the drawing is bigger than my wall. So there's the bottom quarter that's still left to be dealt with too. So far looking good. That's all I got for now. Goodbye. Okay. I'm back on the mic. I just listened to those. So I would remember what I had spoken to you all about. First, I would like to ask a question I've been thinking about. I don't ever ask you guys what you're reading, but I'm very interested all of a sudden. I'll be honest, normally it doesn't interest me. <laughs> I'm good with what I'm reading, but right now, <laughs> I think that might be true. Uh, as horrible as that sounds. This is the episode of horrors. Everything horrible I could think I'm saying it. No, I do care about what you guys are reading. A lot of you have influenced me greatly as a reader. So what is it that you guys are reading that you think I might like or think you, you, you're like, no, you would never like this? I'll be honest with you guys. Oh my God, I haven't even told you guys this. I am obsessed with the celebrity Holly Madison. Who out there even knows who I'm talking about? Holly Madison, if you don't know, was first known to us, the world, as one of the girls next door on the E! hit reality show from 2000, I think it was 2003, believe it or not, or four or five, I don't know, uh, 2000s. And she was one of the girls who lived in the Playboy Mansion with Hugh Hefner as her, as his girl, one of his girlfriends. And I will admit, I watched the show until Holly left. She left after the fifth season or something like that. And I always loved Holly. And she had this line of tube socks that she came out with <laughs> that I got and wore regularly. I loved her tube socks. They're like old-fashioned athletic tube socks with the two stripes on them. And they came in Holly Madison colors and all this stuff. Absolutely loved Holly Madison. And then... I knew a little bit about her from like tabloids. I knew she dated Chris Angel. I knew she got married to somebody else eventually and had kids and was happy. And I don't remember if I knew much else about her after that. And I have no idea how this happened because now there's a surge of activity surrounding her name again because A&E, if you're interested, just uh, premiered a couple weeks ago the, a new documentary series called um, Secrets behind Playboy or something, Secrets of the Mansion, Secrets of Playboy. And Holly makes uh, some appearances and is interviewed uh, based on her experience at the mansion. Because here they were in their early 20s, these girls, and mid-20s. And Hugh Hefner gave them a 9 p.m. deadline. And, I mean, sorry, what is that called? I don't even know because, hello, I'm an adult. Um, curfew, 9 p.m. curfew. None of them could go out after 9 p.m. And all this crazy stuff. Anyway, that's beside the point. So right after I got into Holly again, maybe a month ago, I started seeing these ads for her new, you know, appearance in this documentary. But anyway, 
back to me asking you guys what you're reading. So I'm reading the Holly Madison book, Down the Rabbit Hole, which is her experiences living in the Playboy Mansion, which I have to say is very fascinating to me. But then what happened, while I've been going through all of this stuff with this drawing over the last week, I decided to just, like, when I wasn't reading her book, I felt like I missed her voice or something. I don't know. Like, I needed to be, for whatever reason, I needed to be immersed in the world of Holly Madison, who is nothing like me. Like, 0% like me. I can't think of any way she's like me. But for some reason, it brought me a lot of comfort. You know, usually I get comfort from something that makes me feel like I can identify or whatever. I don't feel like I can identify with any of this. By the way, I did go to the Playboy Mansion right when she moved out, believe it or not. Not as a guest. Of, well, I was a guest. I got a solo walking tour and I got to explore a bit on my own. Um, one afternoon, it was actually morning. I arrived at 11 a.m., I didn't know Holly had moved out, but they gave me the inside scoop, so I knew that before the tabloids got it. It's kind of fascinating. I think that was the time. Either that or she moved out and then the new twins had just moved in or something like that. But anyway, um, so I do have photos of me throughout the Playboy Mansion. I was in the grotto. I was in the game room. I was in the front. I mean, I parked my shitty rental car right there in that central circle driveway. It was so crazy. Well, anyway, uh, back to Holly. So... I found out, okay, Holly, I just started to look up interviews with her, but then it turned out, oh my God, Holly Madison has her own YouTube page where she does Q and A's and she just talks to us about stuff. And then I started to watch some of those and I got obsessed with those. And I just kept watching. I have now since yesterday, I think yesterday I watched my last Holly Madison video. I've watched every single video Holly Madison has put on her YouTube page. And when I'm talking about what she has on her YouTube page. Again, nothing of interest to me. I've even said on here, I have no interest in Disney anything. I don't really like going to Disneyland. Um, I've only been twice on purpose when I lived down there. It, you know, I went and I had so much fun with my friends, but partly that was because it was free because Laura works, works for Disney and I got to go as a guest or whatever. Um, oh, I did go one time. And then I had this really weird experience where one of my friends, okay, this was in high school. One of my friends cheated with this. Okay, I had just started to kind of date this guy named Phil. Phil, R.I.P. Phil, who has it since died. And then this friend of mine, I won't say her name. Well, we were all hanging out at her house and her parents were out of town and we had like a little mini party. It was only like five people hanging out, having a good time. And I got to kiss him for the first time and it was really exciting. I go home because I'm a good kid and I go home at my curfew, just like Holly Madison at the Playboy Mansion. And I find out the next day, this girl, my, one of my closest friends, made out with Phil and went way further than I did with him. So I was very mad at her and I blocked her out of my life. I said, well, I'm not going to talk to you. I, I, I am not going to be treated poorly and I have no regrets. So anyway, get out of that friendship. She calls me um, that summer, I think, you know, many, many months later, half a year later. And she's like, hi, I know we haven't talked, but my parents are taking me to Disneyland. They said I could take one friend. Will you go? And I said, yes, apparently I can be bought. So I don't know. <laughs> That's all it took. 
from what I remember. I don't know. Maybe I thought about it for a while. Maybe I didn't. Anyway, I ended up going to Disneyland. And the only thing I remember about my trip then was that we were in line for something. And the line split in two. And there was this blank space in between the two lines. And, you know, all I remember is lines and people being impatient and it being crowded and hot and annoying. And then there was this kid, a little kid, like five years old, who was face down in the center of these two lines. And it looked to be, this kid looked like he was not breathing. It, he looked completely like he had dece- been deceased for a long time. And I'm looking around and I, I look at her and I'm like, do you see this kid? And she just starts dying laughing because that was her personality. She's like, yeah, I see it. And just laughing. And then I look at the man in front of us. He's like a dad. And I catch his eye because he's noticing now too. And he, he and I catch eyes and he's like, hmm, that's a dead kid. And I was just like, whoa. And I was too young to know what to do about it. Eventually someone picked the kid up. He totally passed out. I don't know what was wrong with him. I hope he was okay. But um, that's the one thing I remember about Disneyland. So anyway, Holly Madison is obsessed with Disneyland and goes to Disneyland all the time still and just posts a new video for every single ride, a new video for, uh, you know, areas of the park that are haunted and who they're haunted with, areas of the park that were built, like the history of Walt Disney's relationship to this castle and this castle, uh, little, you know, highlights of the food in one section of Disneyland. And then there's not only that, it's for every Disney theme park across the world. And then the other thing is like contouring makeup tutorials, which again, I have no interest in. I am never going to contour my face. I will wear some makeup, but I'm talking some mascara and that's about it. So, well, more than that, but barely more than that. Uh, But I will say the contouring videos were kind of helping me with this process of trying to fix this drawing because I guess the way people who really do that kind of makeup approach it is there I see her looking in the mirror I found it fascinating looking and then looking at angles and then deciding where she needs a shadow I mean it's just basically drawing right or painting um so I kind of found it inspirational I guess and then what's her other main topic it's just topic after topic that I don't give a shit about Harry Potter um yeah Harry Potter is another one there was a Game of Thrones one never seen it never want to you know, just a bunch of shit I don't care about, but I am obsessed with every word coming out of her mouth. It is so, what I love about this is that I don't even know why. I love her voice though. I do feel like I'm, uh, you know, have you ever had this? I just want to be her friend and I don't know, but again, I don't know why. And I do think she would like me. I think she would also, oh, I just cut myself up. Sorry about that. I think she would also like me as a friend and not know why. I just have this feeling. So wish me luck on that one. Um, I don't even know what I was talking about, but here I am checking in as of now it's Thursday and I have worked very hard on this drawing and I will say, wait for it. I fixed it (laughs) y'all. I did. It's all fixed. And um, I, again, I think I mentioned this in the, in one of the, audio takes I did while I was looking at it and assessing it. I think in the end, it is better as a result of this problem uh, because I, I got to do more varying 
values. There's there's a lot of depth now and a lot of movement on this piece that it would it would have been more flat prior to this because I had to overdo the darks on the areas where the white powdery substance was. So those that that need to overdo that and then even out the rest of the drawing and make it make its values not seem random but seem integrated really made this piece I don't want to use the word pop because it sounds like more like I'm talking about fashion or something but it it did it, it like all comes together in a very dramatic and um dynamic way and it wasn't that before it was something else that I really liked and that's what I planned on but this is better so was it fun hell no it wasn't fun I am traumatized by this truly truly traumatized and I don't know where to go from here because I had so many drawings of this nature planned for my next show I mean, and then in the future, like I thought, this is it, guys. This is what I'm going to be doing now. I found my new thing and I love it. And now I can't do this because it's not worth, when I was painting, and by the way, it was every day painting more and more with that same matte gel medium and me going like, I don't know what's going to happen. And, I, and you don't know, like you could hair dry it and see what it looks like, but that's not really dry yet. It takes a while for you to see what it's really going to look like. And so you had to wait. And the amount of times I walked into the studio with my eyes closed and just like, okay, like, and again, I've been alone. Damien's been out of town. So I've just been almost like holding hands with myself and, and comforting myself in these ways. It's been so bad. Anyway, point is we're good. We're good. I'll never look at it the same, even though I'm happy with the way it looks, but I'll never be just, it, it holds a lot of difficult weight for me. That's all. Okay, I've got something to read you. Before I do, another thing about Holly Madison is that she's recently come out. She is not neurotypical. She's somewhere on the spectrum of Asperger's. So I thought that, the, you know, I just remember back in the day when Girls Next Door was on, she got made fun of a lot for seemingly being robotic and unfeeling or something. I just remember there were always clips where they would make fun of reality show people or whoever, celebrities. And I remember thinking, not knowing a lot at the time about it, but knowing it wasn't right, the way they were making fun of her. And anyway, so I think it's good that she's figured that out. She didn't know for most of her life and had a very interesting story about her husband calling her mom and saying, you know, as they were having problems and about to break up and saying, you know, I just have such trouble connecting with Holly. I can't access her emotions. And she overheard her mom say, well, you know, when Holly was, she's, first of all, she's always been like this. This is just how she is. So it's not just you. And even when Holly was little, her teachers feared she might've been autistic. And Holly had never been told that by her mom or her family. So she, nobody's ever, you know, brought it up with her. And when she heard that, it was like her whole world made sense to her. So maybe I should read some Holly Madison on here. But for today, I am going to be reading, and I thought I had read this on here, but I find no evidence that I ever have. So um, this is something I bookmarked a while back, and 
just absolutely loved it. It's from a blog called Poetry Changes Life that I don't know a lot about, but I've stumbled across a few different times and really enjoy it. Um, I'm going to sign up for their newsletter. So I'll put a link in the description so you can find Poetry Changes Lives. It's just great. They have daily, at least when I was looking at it, they have daily entries, usually related to um, uh, some person of notoriety's birth date or death date. So this was on December 5th, 2021, and it was um, on, on the day that Mozart died. And it was said that very few people came to Mozart's funeral when he died, and there are nobody really knows how he died, apparently. There's a debate anyway about it. And a few years before he died, Mozart... Uh, had a pet starling that he kept not in the house, in the backyard, and he loved this bird, and he taught it to sing some bars of his own music, which he recorded in his notebook. And when this starling died, he was very distraught, and he carried out a funeral for the bird, and he recited a poem at the funeral that he wrote called, that he, he, yeah, he wrote this poem for the funeral, and it's called A Starling. Here lies a dear fool, a little starling, in the prime of his brief time. He must feel death's bitter pain. My heart is riven thinking of him. Reader, shed a tear as well. He was not bad, but frisky and bright. Underneath he was a wag, no one would deny. And I would say for sure that now he is above. In his friendly way he will be praising me. Yet unaware, I'd say, that he's alive no more to thank me for the score. Um, yeah, there you go. It's not every day you get to read uh, a poem that Mozart wrote for a starling. I swear I have mentioned this before. Uh, this is, you know, one of these things where it's like the universe keeps showing you a story for something like the same thing over and over and you never, it never really sinks into your brain fully. And that until finally you realize, okay, this is now the eighth time this has come up. I need to pay attention. That's this with this Mozart's funeral, um, passage and poetry changes lives. Yeah. Let's read the poetry changes lives about page about Christopher Byrne, therapist, writer, speaker. He was born in 1940 in Hong Kong where his father was stationed as a British army officer. He spent his childhood in Yorkshire. He studied in London and practiced in Britain, France, Malta. Um, he's been writing poetry, it looks like his whole life. It looks like he might even have a YouTube channel. This is, looks really awesome. I appreciate this and what this guy does. Um, let me see. Yeah, like even today. He posted about Buddy Holly's last flight. On this day in 1959, the American singer Buddy Holly was killed in a plane crash. It was the day the music died. And then he, Buddy Holly disaster. Oh, and let's see. Uh, he's talking about the Don McLean song, American Pie. And then he is thinking about John Donne because of that. And he then like excerpted Death Be Not Proud. So... This is the kind of thing he has. Just, you know, I'm seeing Langston Hughes. I'm seeing King Charles I, Jane Austen. Very interesting. So, again, no expert on this, but I'm very excited to dig in a little bit more. I hope you guys liked what I read for you. Okay, on a scale of 1 to 10, how happy are you right now? 
let's say I'm a 6.5 or 7. If you were to buy something uh, on the internet right now, anything, and money wasn't even an object, what would it be? Something for fun, like a fun treat for yourself. I guess if you were to buy a gift for yourself right now, what would it be? I don't know mine, I'll think about it. On a scale of one to 10, how stressed out are you right now? I'm probably a good 8.5. Ugh, I hope your life is feeling manageable. I've realized in a big way that I have a serious problem and it's called being a severe workaholic. Over the last week, I've really had to face it and come to terms with it and know that it's a reality and that it can't go on anymore. I just can't. Anyway, if anyone has any good resources for me regarding that particular problem of workaholism, I would appreciate it. So yeah, my life doesn't feel that manageable right now, but I do, I know, I'm not gonna say I think, I know it soon will be because I know that I can change. Makes me think of the quote from Jameson O'Hara Lawrence again. Dear everyone, let me disappoint you. That's it, guys. I'm Robin. I love you all very much. Thank you very, very, very much for listening. And have a great remainder of your week. And I'll be back next Thursday, of course. I love you guys. Goodbye.